0: Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So, we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, howtodecorate.com. And I'm Taryn.
1: I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey, y'all.
2: This week, yeah. Okay, so you guys, I'm excited to have someone here that I actually just met this year. His name is Shane Roebuck, and I was lucky enough to meet him when I was on a trip uh, with Ballard looking for antiques, and so was he because his entire uh, life, I believe, is um, combing the world for beautiful antiques and bringing them back to Atlanta, where he has a business that he's had for 25 years called Roebuck and Company, where he and his associates sell the most beautiful. Um, pieces of, well, not just furniture, but oddities and curiosities and pieces of wall decor and all kinds of stuff. Lighting. Lighting. Mm -hmm. So welcome, Shane. It's lovely to see you again.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: We're excited to have you. You're a good friend of Bill Pieces.
3: Very good friend. Mm -hmm. Who
2: um, has been on here, and he was like, you've got to get Shane on. It's kind of how he talks. You've got to get my buddy Shane on there. So yeah, we want Shane.
3: Yes, he has his own voice for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Bill and I uh, have been good friends for gosh, probably 15 years, I would say, maybe more. And then just recently, I'd say within the last two years, he'd always talked about going on a buying trip to Europe with me. And yeah, we went to France for the first, his first trip. And uh, he bought a few things and just really fell in love with it, as everyone kind of does. And now, I cannot shake him.
4: Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, yeah,
3: he's every trip. He's a barnacle. We go- yeah, yes. When are we going <laughs> back? When are, when's France? When's Italy? So, you know. And
2: I think you leave in like 48 hours or something. Next no. week, don't I you, leave, to go
3: to Parma? I leave on the 25th to go to, to Italy, and actually, Bill's going. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to fly to, uh, to Rome uh, and then work our way up to eventually be in Parma on that Thursday. So, we'll have monday tuesday wednesday just to explore and um um, tour our way up and find places to buy that are off the beaten path and that's really the fun part about travel and one of the fun parts about it for me every time i go to europe i i do something new i want to find some out of the way place or i'll i'll finally go visit a dealer who i've bought from for years and uh, get to see sort of them in their own habitat and their city, and, you know, they want to take you to their restaurant and, um, you know, their hotel or whatever it is. And it's just really fun to explore like that. So it's nice to build a few days in if you can.
1: Have you found certain areas? Um, have you found certain pockets where you find more of what you're looking for antique-wise?
3: Definitely. Um, there are certain, well, there's certain... And I speak mostly about Italy because I'm more knowledgeable about it. I love French things as well, but I don't know uh, all the regions of France like I do in Italy. So when when I look at an Italian piece of furniture uh, or even chandelier to some extent, um, art, you can tell, I can tell where it was made. It'd be like saying, you know, American furniture, oh, that's a Philadelphia chair mm-hmm. or that's a, a Boston high boy. You know, you just know. To answer your question... I tend to buy things from Tuscany, um, which is a big region, and each city even has their own style. And I also like uh, Veneto uh, in northern Italy between uh, Milan and Venice, that whole region near the Alps. Really, really nice, straight-lined, almost modern furniture. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I find uh, from Veneto are you could swear it was Art Deco, but it was made 100 years earlier. It's pretty neat. And, and, I mean, as far as the Ballard's tie-in, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that we, we see things like that. it's like, that could almost go modern. Right. There's a place for antiques in every home.
2: There yeah, is. then sure. we, we always talk about that layered look. You know, you mm-hmm. want to, you can't have just one note of everything in your house. It gets real boring,
3: really mm-hmm. stale.
2: So you want to I have agree. a little mix of everything. So, okay. So you're in New York. You're buying stuff. You know, I, I have to understand, because I think that most of us know one thousandth of what you know about antiques but how did you your father dump dumps you in this shop you're like yeah i love golf how do you how did you educate yourself about it this is before
3: the internet i'm actually glad you asked because i was going to bring this up so it wasn't my father and i grew up um my parents were divorced so i grew up with my mom uh and i didn't see my dad you know week every other weekend kind of stuff so um you know, I didn't learn a lot about the business before I went into it. I really knew very little. I knew some things that I'd always liked from when I was a kid, like at his warehouses and things like that. But, um, yeah, so to educate myself, um, I didn't read. <laughs> um, I I think I had a few books, but, I'd, you know, it was just dry. Yeah, boring. The, the, the gentleman that my dad worked for for 20 years in Austin was a really great antiques dealer who was very well known. His name was Howard Hand. Howard was always in New York as well. So he was sort of my mentor. So he and I would go to an auction called Tepper, which is gone now. I'm almost, yeah, I know it's gone. 26th and Park, right by uh, Gramercy Park. And the auction would start at uh, 10 in the, I think nine in the morning on Saturdays. So I'd go up like on a Friday afternoon and I had a bunch of friends up there that I'd stay with and we'd go out and I'd drag in I was, you know, I was 25, mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. 26, so we I'd drag into the auction and we'd sit there all day in the front row from 9 until 6 and every single thing that came across, we would talk about and this is back in the days when they didn't do a video screen they actually brought the item out it's like a live auction, so they're yeah. you know if it's a big credenza, they're bringing it out you know, carpet, they're holding it up, you know, so it was great. It was very hands-on. you could get up, you could, you could look around, you could touch it if you wanted to, you know, you could, you could really learn. And, uh, you know, I learned fairly quickly what was, what, what was good and what wasn't, what was real, what was fake, Mm -hmm. uh, and the value, the value of things, which was really important. And I also learned about being passionate about something and buying with your heart. It's, it's funny, you know, when you're at auction, you can really get carried away. I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody's been in that situation. <laughs> right. But you can also really, really want something. And, and you know, you, you're as you're bidding, you're thinking, you know, you're going this way and then your profit's going this way. And you're, you know what? So what? I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it because <laughs> I love it
4: right. and I'm going to sell it.
3: I know I'll sell it and I'll get my money back. Mm-hmm. Conviction. So, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, you get stuck with some things and, you're, you know, you your passion gets the better of you. But... I learned a lot. I learned a lot by going to those auctions.
0: Has there ever been an item that you, like, could not get rid of? <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: oh. absolutely. Oh, yeah. We call those old friends.
2: <laughs> yes. That's a nice way and to about it. Yeah, comes. and it's,
3: it's, uh, oh, it's so nice to, to sell those. And, you know, <laughs> some sometimes we send things to auction. You know, if you just, if if you just, you give up on it, you don't, don't, I mean, I, I, I definitely like everything I buy, but, you know, you do have moments where you sort of question, what what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, I wouldn't buy that again. So, or maybe I paid too much. So sometimes we have to unload it. And unfortunately, right now, auction's not a great way to sell mm-hmm. because the the market in this country is pretty, pretty overloaded with the newer generations not really being interested in antiques, mm-hmm. which you know, we had just mentioned it's good to have a little bit in every home and hopefully um that will cycle back just because I really, you know, when you I'm I'm forty seven and
2: What? No, you're not it's true. Oh you look a day over thirty. Thank
3: you, Karen. Mm -hmm. That is really nice. Should we talk more about that?
2: Yeah, let's do.
3: (laughs) Very kind.
2: Okay, so, I have a
3: theory
0: about
3: wait, why millennials are... Oh, online. yes, yes. Oh, I want to hear it? your theory.
0: Because it's really hard to buy them online. Mm. Antiques.
3: Well, we. it's really I mean, not, but...
0: Well, well, you have to wait, know compared compared what you're getting. You
2: have to educate yourself a little well, bit. It's a one-off. One like, a
0: lot of big brands. Like, I do almost all of my shopping online. I, like, never go to a store.
2: I mean, but all of Shane's inventory is online. Are
3: you a millennial? True,
0: but...
2: No. Yeah. No, you're yeah. not.
0: Yes, I am. Are you really? Well, yeah, millennials are born from are. 1980
2: to 2000. Oh, yeah. My son is like so, on the cusp. Yeah. He's like the last year millennial. It's, yeah. it,
3: you're able to buy a lot of antiques online, but they're all individual items. So that's yeah. the difference. I mean, you can't just shop it around. I it's just, just that it's one off. I don't know. It's, it's just hard just... to find. Well, I'll tell you about some good places to find.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Give us some links, <laughs> yeah. but we'll put yours at the top.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. I will give you some links.
2: <laughs> but there are so many different looks, too. I think people think antique and there's something in their head that's sure. like, mm, boring old right. grandma. Right, And, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, there's some that are super sleek, super sexy, mm-hmm. um, very clean-lined. It's not all that one look that people imagine an antique to be.
3: I was looking around um, my shop today before I came, and um, the, we have, like you said, there's such a range. We have things that are um, like a pair of commodes that came from a, a little town um, in Emilia-Romagna uh, called Rolo, R-O-L-O. And they're so high style, completely inlaid. I mean, thousands of hours of work to make these French polished. Uh, they're incredible. It's a pair. They're very expensive. Uh, and then we, you know, we have like a Spanish table from the 17th century that's made of pine wood with a it, you could tell it was a work table. It's all it's just all beat up and it, but people want both.
2: right. That is what I hope people understand about antiques is it's all over the place. The values all over the place that I mean, I think it's just a great way to even repurpose things in life. You know, this generation that you're talking about is so obsessed with, green living and recycling and this mm-hmm. thing. Well, what what better way is there to do that than to take something that was beautifully made by someone's hands mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago and, and use it in your life? True.
3: That and um, to your point, when you said, I think it was interesting that you said that people, when they hear the word antique, do you think they have a just sort of something, an image that'll pop into their head? Uh, and particularly if they don't know anything about them. Even for me, you know, we've been talking about Italian and French, but I like things from so many countries. I mean, uh, European countries. I like some American furniture. I like some things from Mexico that are old. It's from South America. But I've shopped in um, Amsterdam, the Low Countries, Belgium, Germany. So there's, there's things in, in every, every uh, country has, even if it's in the same period, it has their own distinct style. That's why like, Gustavian furniture has been so popular, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it was so unique. Now, if you want to talk about buyer beware, that was a very small time period, and it's a very small country. Mm-hmm. So there cannot possibly be that much good painted mm-hmm. furniture that's coming out of there.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, um, you know, and that and that, that kind of leads to another thing, and we mentioned it about the auction, learning what's what's real and what's not. Um, most of the things that are sold from the 17th century, 18th century have had some sort of alteration or repair Mm -hmm. over the years. Not to say that you don't find something that's absolutely perfect because you do, but you know, that, that's what you have to look out for as a, as an antiques dealer and a buyer, because you, you want to be able to represent to your client, um, what you have and know what you have. Um, and I want to be able to tell someone, oh, well, this one's had a, a foot recarved, or um, this is a set of six chairs, but two of them have were made later to match. So um, there's a lot there's a lot to learn in that respect.
2: Do you have think for a Joe Schmo like me, does that matter?
3: But you're not a Joe Schmo. You go well. I'm Europe not. Europe and buy.
2: Yeah, but not you know like we're buying things for a look that we're going to replicate or redesign right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not going to take that piece right. and put it sell it to someone or mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like so if I'm going to buy a set of 12 dining chairs or six dining chairs 12 would be I think very hard to find something matching mm-hmm. um, or four does it matter when I'm purchasing that one was carved later I mean if it looks beautiful to me and I'm gonna love it in my home
3: uh, it, to me it doesn't matter right. I mean it, I, I think what matters is that you're comfortable knowing the truth right um, so that at some dinner party one of your rude guest doesn't say did you know this is this chair's a reproduction
2: and, and
4: then you, you say
3: well that's not what I, uh, that's not what i paid for right so, right. I, so you I
2: understand the value right
3: yeah. that's all um but no i i think that's fine and then i mean there's great reproductions being made in every country i mentioned and um as long as you know what you're getting it's fine mm-hmm. i mean there there are a lot more people than there are antiques so i mean that's why ballard is in business and right. that's why mm-hmm. I'm in business. Right. Yeah. So. Could There's you give us a everyone. rundown
0: of like you were mentioning earlier each country has sort of a style mm-hmm. to it or certain qualities maybe. Could you maybe like give us a little lesson in American, Italian, French,
4: German? Oh gosh, Swedish. it's
3: um I guess it's sort not of not to like a, on the spot. Well, no, it's sort of like a stereotype, I guess. You know, it was like, like going back to what I was saying about what you think of when you think of antique um american is when i think of american antiques i think about colonial antiques mm-hmm. things that were happening right. um very early bold carvings eagles um mm-hmm. beautifully carved backsplats and chairs um a ball and claw foot
4: mm-hmm.
3: and then later getting into the you know empire period you had it's just very robust and strong uh, again, I don't know enough about each state going up the East Coast to know <laughs> one. One. Well, no, I don't know enough to know Rhode Island high boy from a Philadelphia high boy. Right. Um, but when I think of America, and that's sort of what I think. And then, you know, because once the Industrial Revolution occurred, you know, everything really changed a lot um, mm-hmm. in America as far as, uh, you know, you had a lot of big production furniture. factories, mm-hmm. trees. Right. Which in some you know because everybody was coming back from wars and wanting to get a house and they were just cranking it out so things changed a lot. I think that craftsmanship Mm -hmm. ended essentially. I mean, unless you you got specific like with people like uh, Stickley, you know. But even then, they turned into a big factory. That's what I think about American Um, French. I studied a lot of French history in college, so I like. To know, I like I always associate French furniture from the 17th, 18th, and 19th century with the the, the royalty, mm. with kings. So French, let's say you take the the Rococo, mid 18th century, uh, second quarter to mid 18th century. It's big scrolling foot. It's a big it's a big sweeping cabriole leg. The foot mm-hmm. could be anything from a hoof. To a spade, to compressed bun. I mean, there's some, the feet are always interesting. But then when you get that same period in Italy, which came a little bit later because it had to travel, you get some real, just subtle differences Mm -hmm. where the rococo is even more exaggerated uh, and the, the feet were even more defined or the proportions. Were larger.
2: They like flair.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they well. They just they just uh, put their own style on it. It's almost like a trump, you know, a trump card. Yeah. They wanted to show the right. French that One they were up. better. Yeah. German furniture uh, that I've bought or that I've seen, I actually like the German neoclassical furniture the best um, because when you go before that into their sort of Baroque and and even earlier, very heavily carved, a lot of oak. I guess they had so much oak in their forests. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's it's very heavy. A lot of um, very short armoires that, that have a lot of carved ornamentation on them. Not my favorite stuff, but um, certainly distinct. Um, the Gustavian furniture we mentioned, kind of borrowed from both the French and the Italian, the way that it was made and the, the little details, the form, the legs, uh, and then the paint. They certainly made right. that their own, right? Uh, and you see painted furniture from from Spain, from Italy, from France, but there's not the right. not the uh, what would I say the hype? Hype, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Which which I don't know how much longer is going to last, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm seeing more brown furniture. We've been talking about it a lot lately. It's you know mm-hmm. you just even in in like the a Ballard world you know mm-hmm.
3: even there I think because Ballard does a lot of painted right
2: we do a lot of painted mm-hmm. we do a lot of lighter a colors a lot of um you know sort a lot of, of white white or more like a Belgian oak you mm-hmm. know sort of whitewashy things mm-hmm. but it you know you just see it more you see it more in kitchens lately and I think that kind of when you start seeing things in kitchens you know that people mm-hmm. are are warming up to it you know when you see like I've seen dark green cabinetry or red cabinetry or bold colors like that, Well, will be like, okay, here we go. Something's going on. Or you start seeing beautiful wood cabinetry, beautiful, not like the gross stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: then, you know, like, uh, you know, it's on people's radars again. And I don't know if that might be because of a little bit of that, all of that mid-century furniture that was brown. It was different lines. So it's mm-hmm. cleaner. And it kind of maybe made, made people start thinking, oh, I, I like a stain. Well, I can handle that. I don't know. There's It there- all comes
3: around. Like like we've said, I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot of styles out there to go with, uh, with a lot of modern things. So it's when I see um, when I look at magazines or, or Instagram, and I'm following. I follow a lot of designers and magazines, and, and I see a lot of images every day. Um, I always look for the antique, mm-hmm. <laughs> and every that's just what I'm mm-hmm. sort of. That's just the way I'm geared. Sometimes people really do it well, and when you see Among all these other things that I don't really see, when you see that one piece, it's very nice. I like the way it's done. So, you know, in my own home, everything's pretty much antique. Mm -hmm. But it's a mix of styles, so it doesn't feel heavy. And it doesn't feel like you're in some grandfather's house or something like that. So I think there's a way to do mix it all up, and, and it looks really good.
2: Even your upholstery?
3: Uh, upholstery that I have is I have leather chairs that are like old, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Deco, French Deco club chairs that are, you know, the velvet seats. And I have a, um, a great sofa that is French and it's tufted velvet and both of the, uh, arms fold down. They have a little button or like a knob. Right. Yes. They ratchet down so you can adjust it. Yeah. Um, and I found that as a frame in uh, in France at an antique fair and I I, I circled around that thing all morning <laughs> because I thought it was too expensive and it, wa- it, how it was How much too- was it? I Do you know. remember? It was like I want to say it was probably 1000 euros. Uh-huh. And it was but it was just a frame. I mean it was just a yeah, simple nothing frame. On but it, right? the coolest part is that you could see inside it. You could see how the ratchets worked. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to get that back. I've got to buy a ton of fabric. I don't know, 12 yards or something.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I want it to be good fabric. I want it to be velvet. It's going to be tufted. That's going to be expensive. Uh, I want it to work. Um, I have to refinish the feet.
2: Cha-ching. cha-ching. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> but,
3: you know, it's just one of the... You your know,
2: passion's that... going up and your profit's going down. Yeah, well,
3: it's, <laughs> I knew I was going to keep it. so uh, And I you could, decided. Yeah, you know, I could spend a little more. But mm-hmm. I love that. That actually is a really cool thing.
2: Well, nothing's going to last you till the day you die. It might. I mean, it should.
3: My daughter's jumping yeah. on it all the time.
2: Yeah, My <laughs> yeah. girl's going to have it in her first house. Yeah. One
3: day. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: What is, uh, what is Is there anything right now that's sort of on trend or are people asking about it? Because I know, you know, things come in and out of style. But do you feel like people are looking all like for George V or something? I made that up. Uh,
3: <laughs> yes, George V. That's the next thing going to happen. Yeah, it's George hot, the right? Well, Have it yes, there been Tom the George I don't even think
0: that's it. Are
3: there? Yeah, I, they're not. Uh, I made it up. Being funny.
0: No, I know. I was just saying.
2: I'm watching The Crown <laughs> with you, okay? I, I know as much as you know from season two.
3: <laughs> To answer your question, what's trending now? <laughs> okay, hot. so the only the only way, well, other than looking at, like I said, at magazines or or, uh, or online, the way that I know what's trending is what's popular within our shop, right? And we we send out a lot of emails uh, to our clients with with new arrivals, and you can instantly know because several people will will want to buy it at the same time. And strangely enough, um, after a trip to Amsterdam and um, throughout went to Antwerp and then Belgium bought some oak furniture from the 18th century some 17th century too like for instance the most popular thing lately for us has been this really great English hall bench you know it's got the little hinged uh, seat the open arms paneled back like five people wanted to buy it Um, (laughs) and that just that just doesn't happen all that often. But uh, so now I'm looking for another one. Another so, hot uh, that to me uh, is sort of, it's, it's really, really going back to some old world stuff. And I've really never sold very much English, but I'm looking at it with a different eye now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want the, you know, polished up mahogany. I want the really old stuff. Right, like, like the, country
0: house, or like you're talking.
3: Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you would call it country house a little bit. It's not, it's not primitive, really, so much. It was, yeah, but it would be what people in the country lived with, yeah, or in a that. in a castle, you know, in a room in a castle that that wasn't maybe so important in a hallway, mm-hmm. something like that. But um, yeah, I I do actually really really like to see old books about um, the old. English houses.
2: So is the lesson there to find something you connect with, buy what you love. You know, don't worry so much about the style. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because as things come and they go, we don't want to be a slave to trend, right? We don't want to be like, oh, this is cool this year. Gustavian's the look. You know, like, what are you in love with?
3: Well, you know, I think one of the things that bothers me is to open a design magazine and see... I hope I don't offend everyone, but
2: I'm very is, upset to
3: to see <laughs> mm-hmm. to see a whitewashed room with white furniture painted white, with a white chandelier, and you know it just it's just lifeless, mm-hmm. and, and and that's that's being a slave to a trend. I mean to the to an extreme to a fault. I definitely I think you have to have color. I, I love um, rugs. I love color on walls. I love Colorful uh, fabrics on on great old furniture. Mm-hmm. So I say mix it up.
2: Yeah.
0: Also, if your house is all that one trend, what are you gonna do? And
2: in- you have to take it so- all out, throw it on the curb, yeah, and buy new stuff.
1: Like that's so <laughs> precious. That's a lot of work. <laughs> and how it's boring. boring. A lot of work. <laughs> well, my question would be, like for instance, I'm too afraid to walk into like your shop. It's I want to dating. Huh? I want to hear the stories, and I but I more than likely will not be able to afford them at this current state but i am totally interested in the stories and probably would end up buying something <laughs> but the like, learning you but, want to have that learning experience so i guess my question is when and because i don't know when the story is true does that make sense of course from someone that does doesn't know enough <laughs> reputable like someone you can so trust. a
2: am i annoying and b are you a liar
3: well. i feel
2: like i'm boiling that question down, right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
3: all right well okay a you you are not annoying if you come to me and ask a question or just say tell me tell me a little bit about this piece i love to hear that because and b i'm not a liar if i don't know i'll say you know i don't know i just really liked it yeah um you know let's learn together um and we could we could try to figure it out but more often than not, I do know something about it, and I'm so happy to tell you, and, I, and like I said a moment ago, that really makes my day when somebody comes in and wants wants to learn. Um, because it just really makes you appreciate, and it, it just sort of broadens your whole perspective of the world, in a way, when you, when you get to identify a, a period of history with an object. Yeah. So my advice to you would be, just come in. <laughs> With and your to, wallet. And to, and to all the, no, you don't even have to buy anything. That's, things yeah. are going to sell. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Um, because I believe in what I do and um, um, buy very unique things that, that no one else has. So, um, but yes, I hope that you and people that listen to this would, I urge them to come into um, not only Roebuck, but to other antique shops. And I, I just can't imagine people like me not wanting to help educate, because it it doesn't happen that often that people are, you know, that curious.
1: I have another question, though, about the store. Go ahead. This, this is just for general, because I feel like if I'm the one asking yeah. this, others would be too. Are you, in most stores, and maybe not yours, but with antique dealers, are you supposed to negotiate?
3: Or? Yes, okay. absolutely. In fact, I'll tell you this. There was a woman who came into the shop the other day, I wasn't there, um, who... We'd never seen before. She worked for a company that I'd never heard of, but it was a design firm. And she asked about, I don't know, a half a dozen things. And we sent her, um, you know, an email with everything, gave her tear sheets on her way out. And nobody really knew what to think. Well, yesterday she said, well, five of them aren't going to work, but we do want this. But would you take uh, $3,500 for it? And the price was like... um, $5,400. Fifty four hundred. So the net was maybe forty two, and so we're taking another seven fifty off. Absolutely, took it. So yes, negotiate. People in, in this business uh, need to sell things. I mean, it's it's just it's just you know it's just you business. have to turn it
2: too. You, yeah, I mean to keep that shop fresh and
3: absolutely. Now look, the way that I buy when I buy is I negotiate. Every single thing, I would never ever pay what was on the, the price on the tag, or <laughs> nor would I pay the first thing that somebody told me. The only only time when I have to pay what is announced is when I'm at auction and I'm in a competitive situation, mm-hmm. or there's a reserve. But yeah, I mean that's and, and uh, you know, to your point, it's the hunt, but it's also the it's it's a game. I mean, when I buy in, in Italy. France is easy. France is fast. It's yes, no. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They're like, mm-mm, get away. Well, no, more you just walk but you, you walk, but every, France is easy. Italy, it can take me years to buy something.
4: <laughs> really? I'm,
3: yes, years. I, I've been after things for years, and they'll come around I'm like, oh, you still have that? Okay, why? Maybe it's too expensive. Hmm. Maybe. All right. Are you going to take my offer? And then you can offer a little less and then they get really mad.
4: <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and, 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 you know, that's called the withdrawn offer. So, like, I offered 2000 last year. Look, times are tough in America. I can do 1800 now. They're like, wait, you told me $2,000. Sorry, you waited. Two years ago. And I like, spent that money on that something else. That was two years you ago. Taken it then. Okay, I'll take the 2000 and then you get it. But no, <laughs> it, it, take, it, takes a, it takes a long time to buy in Italy. People, are, they're, they're very prideful of their things. Mm-hmm. More than any other country. <laughs>
2: okay, so
0: that. if I am going to go into a shop and I'm going to negotiate, am I going to insult someone if I like...
3: Undercut too much?
0: Yeah, like what's yes. what's a reasonable amount yes, to you, offer?
3: You will insult, and and I I go through this myself because sometimes I really like something and I, it's well well out of my price range or I think it's 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 just too price too high for the market so I'll just base it on me um, and when I say you know I love it it's just I can't afford it and they'll say well make me an offer. Make me an offer. Don't walk away. Make mm-hmm. me an offer. I'm like, I don't want to insult you. I don't want to insult you. And you're like, um, so maybe they're asking 7000 right? I'm like, I could give you $2,500. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? 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 I'm insulted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you told me to make an offer. Right. so um, And I made it. it. You know, it's different, I think, dealer to dealer. But as, a, um, as just a person coming into the shop, I think if you stayed within thirty percent of the retail price, I don't think that was insulting at all. Um, if you probably went in and offered somebody half, uh, that might you know they might politely tell you no. And I think if you offered less than half, they'd tell you,
4: Get "Why are you here?" Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um,
3: no, there's certainly a way to do it, and I think the way to do it is is through being honest and. You know, there's two ways to, to buy, and one is to go and insult somebody and say, oh, that, that thing is all beat up. I mean, look at that. Why do you have it priced that way? You know, I, I would only pay this for it. And, well, look, what you don't understand is I loved it enough to buy it, so you're, you're insulting me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, the way you do it is to say, wow, I really love this. You know, I, I've been looking at it for a while. I know you want $4,500 for it. I am more in the range of 3000 I understand if you can't take that offer right now, but please keep it in mind. If if something changes, here's my number, and I I bet you nine times out of ten you're either going to get a counter offer of like 32 or you know or somebody will just say you know what I'll give it to you for three because you're honest, and I think that's a that's you should never be afraid to make an offer. I mean I don't know about in life, but to an antique dealer, yes.
1: <laughs> that's fair. To know, yeah, See, I feel, like I feel now so I could walk in and be like,
3: Hey, you absolutely yeah. could, yeah. and you could use my name too if anybody gives you any trouble.
1: That's right. Shane <laughs> told
2: me I could offer you two thousand dollars for right. this eight thousand dollar thing. Tell them to call me,
3: <laughs> I
0: know someone
2: because I <laughs> yeah. awesome.
0: I feel like we should do some dilemmas.
2: You do, yes, all right.
1: This one is from is Heather doozy. and it's long, so Heather, stay with me. You stumped us. All right. She says, Hi ladies, redoing our master bathroom and suite was what hi ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Excuse I added a gentleman me. because he's Sorry, here. She. I mean <laughs> it's
3: a man. Redoing our master bedroom, not bathroom.
1: Ensuite. En suite. Master en suite. bedroom en suite. Mm-hmm. Was one of my f- top priorities when we bought our home. However, I quickly realized it was too big and expensive of a project to do properly, and we needed to focus on many other things. So, two years later, though I'm happy the other parts of the house have really come together, I still have this crummy ensuite that I hate using. Oh, why do they always call it that? What's it's a bathroom suite? that's
2: attached, so it's all yeah. Suite. But
1: why is it that
0: and so that's your bed bath suite? Because it's like not in the hall; it's like
2: attached.
3: Just, it's almost every. Nice. You don't even have to say it again. I yeah, just a nice say thing. attached bathroom. <laughs> You know, you just said, you don't I just, say want want know. I, guys, I just want to know, guys. I just want to know. But my answer is going to include it, just to bug you. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say All this right. many times as and possible. And I'm going to say
3: it in a French accent.
1: <laughs> Do it. can't <laughs> even Do
0: it. In, okay. Read okay. this whole thing Are in French you, like, right now. Are you like Chiara de Laurentiis, where she has to <laughs> say, like, mozzarella? Oh, she has to, like, say the Italian word. Definitely.
3: In thing.
2: Definitely. <laughs> okay, good. This is going to be awesome.
1: <laughs> okay, so she says. I, I hope she has
2: a bidet that he can say in, in, in the French accent as well.
1: Sorry. Okay. As you can see, there are two doors that lead out to a deck, a small shower toilet area to the left, one sink bathroom cabinet in the middle, and a step up to a huge tub area in the corner. My husband created this clever wood cover for the two big spa bathtubs since we never used it, and we wanted to make better use of space. We also plan on taking down those huge mirrors over the tub. Any suggestions on how to make that area useful? It's huge, and I'd love to make it some sort of storage area. I don't want to put too much weight on the actual cover, but we've considered some kind of hanging closet organization in there. Maybe we move some of the items from the bedroom, like laundry bins in there. Blah. Yeah, she keeps going. Would I hang curtains from the ceiling and put in a room divider? Um, I'd really like to paint the existing bathroom cabinet and update the hardware. And is there anything to to do to paint or cover the green accent tile that might be that might be nice too any suggestions for window treatments lighting and any of those suggestions welcome essentially my decorating dilemma is can you please take this oddly laid out 80s bathroom and help me create useful space that's cohesive and even beautiful can i talk to, to
2: her for a minute you Can you talk to heather <laughs> yeah
1: i have to talk to heather heather
2: lay it on um, us karen heather you need to jackhammer out that bathtub Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Okay, um, first let me describe the space. Are you talking about the hot tub? It
3: is yeah, like hot no, tub time you're machine. You're not getting rid of the hot tub. She what? doesn't use it. She's built a cover for it. <laughs> hey, I'm a generation Xer.
2: Right, I you're mean, like, I want Z-er. a hot tub. Am I Z? You're X. I know. X. Hot tubs a big
3: part of my upbringing. <laughs> Nobody's giving hot tub. You and John
2: Cusack. <laughs> so but
4: here's the deal.
3: You so, haven't ever been in a hot tub, have
4: you? In <laughs> yes, your I whole life. Not one
3: like this. No.
2: Well, maybe when I was yeah. the corner tub.
3: Maybe. Once right. A so this time.
2: is, a, to me, a very 80s house. Would yes. you guess? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she said it was 80s. Because I feel like my parents had this same situation going on in their very large bathroom. So mm-hmm. from her bedroom, which looks beautiful, she has a sort of arched opening without a door. Okay, so mm-hmm. between your bedroom and bathroom, there's an opening and you're like going in, which I used to have in this house and I hate that. I hate it because my husband used to travel all the time and he'd be up at like six in the morning to get Joe? on a flight waking me up.
3: Joe? Yeah, Joe Mooney. Right. Call
2: him Joe, we know Joe. Joe Mooney. Um, <laughs> and the light comes in and the noise comes in, like a door between your bedroom and bathroom is awesome. But if you're not doing that, let me continue describing. So you look in, there's a vanity right there. You can make that a lovely moment. You turn to the right, there is a giant, like, spa garden, they used to be called garden tubs, I think. You know, like, it's a very large, sort of jacuzzi tub, like, sitting up.
3: Guarantee, you custom jacuzzi going on,
4: on yes,
2: top for sure. of, Just. it's, probably elevated green. in the space. That's the thing, centerpiece. Yeah. It's, it's the centerpiece ridiculous. of your all suite.
3: <laughs> so, I actually do have some things to say about this. Okay. If you'd like to know. Do it. So, um, hello, Heather.
2: Hey, Heather.
3: Thank you for uh, bringing this question to our panel. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> um, what I would do, all right, obviously you need storage because there's a lot of stuff out and about. Yes. There's a lot of clutter, and you have your extra cabinet on the right. and um,
2: in, so, in addition to her vanity, she has sort of a rolled up like Rubbermaid storage thing. That's <laughs> right.
3: Um, I think, but but the there's got to be a way to get that sink, since it's only one sink, to be a little bit smaller. And let's let's forget about that um, storage under there right now because I have an idea for that. But make that more attractive. Obviously, you're gonna change that mirror too, change the sconce on top, but then you shift to the right where it's a step up. So I'm assuming, do you think that's for the plumbing? That-
2: yes, of the jet tub, I bet. Yeah,
3: and that there's probably has to be some sort of separate compressor to yeah. make that thing work Try outside mm-hmm. you know like near like pool equipment so <laughs> I mean I'm assuming so anyway if you could get rid of that whole feature of the tub and you could make all that one level and then put in a you know it just depends on if you like to take a bath but you could do a great shower situation there and you could do a closet that's enough room for both and then you can move all that stuff into your closet do a pretty sink uh, would like a pedestal sink, that would totally to me that would totally open up the room, and just move your door down a little bit. What do you guys think about that? And then obviously your mirrors would go away. The ones above the tub. Yeah.
0: You're thinking essentially gut it. He is it's saying gonna be gut some, your bathroom. Gonna,
3: there's <laughs> gonna be some. There's gonna be some. It's changes. like Heather, get out mm-hmm. the sledgehammer. Well, we talk about a budget here? No, there was no, no
2: budget. See. But clearly they're doing the hum and phases. Um, Caroline, you said you had some ideas. Let's hear them. I did, because I hope they're good.
0: I agree that you have, you kind of have to get this. Just take something out. But I had some thoughts on how she could make it livable in the interim. Yes, in the interim. Okay. Now, you know, it might take you three years. It might take you seven years. I don't know what your what your time frame is. But if this were me, I would start by painting the frame of the mirror. Above the vanity. Above the vanity. Get a and wide,
2: this, dark wood frame.
0: Yes. I would just make, like, everything... I know we talked about hating everything all white, but mm-hmm. I would just, like, go kind of all white.
3: I like, make everything good, go away. This is a good exception.
2: Right. Yes. So um, it would all blend and would feel built
3: in almost. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, get some fluffy
0: white new can- um towels
2: and this make, is where
3: you should know a product name yes. and number of a Ballard. The Ballard
2: Signature we Towel. We have fantastic done. towels. And you get it monogrammed in yes. white. Tone on tone white, so pretty. Yes. And then you can bleach it with chloral. Free
3: monogramming this month?
2: Always free monogramming yeah. on towels. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And um, Shane also looks like he's 30, just so we're all <laughs> aware. <her> ah, <laughs> while we're all promoting each other. Thank you. Um, thank you. 28. Yeah, so I would
0: just go all white on everything. And definitely need to do some decluttering. I agree. And change
2: the hardware saying. on your vanity. And change the hardware. The, and That vanity
3: is going away. It's going to be a it, pedestal. But it
2: doesn't have to. If she doesn't want to gut, right? If she's right. really trying to look for a short-term solution for today, yeah, paint everything white and change that hardware. I and mean, you can do
0: that for, you know, thirty dollars in hardware and paint. Right. And yeah. And then I would hang some curtains on the outside to like block it so you're not looking at it like if that were me I would put, from the bedroom yes
2: that's what I did when I had it here you know I had like, drapery I hung to the ceiling and then I swagged it back when we weren't using the bathroom mm-hmm. and then we could close it in the morning when Joe was in there with all the lights on getting ready for 5
3: a.m. flights
0: and that way you're it not looking it at like your sort of elegant hairspray
3: oh I have another good idea
2: oh We'll be the judge of that, Shane. <laughs> yeah, you,
3: you can. Now, this a useful
2: is, guy like you might not have very good ideas.
3: I know, but I'm <laughs> older than you think. Um, so here's what I think. So this is a no-budget no, no budget renovation. Well, see, we've made that up. But- you see that wall to the left of the opening? Yeah.
2: To I the bathroom. I would make
3: that the entrance to the toilet and and then block the toilet entrance in the other bathroom so you'd have a separate entrance into the toilet from the bedroom with a door
0: i don't know that i'm following
2: oh so
3: right, right now there's right an arch.
0: <gasps> oh there's yeah
2: there's an saying. arched yeah gotcha. but you're saying on the on the zero budget renovation you're gonna make a new door
3: <laughs> i didn't realize this was a zero budget oh
2: no i didn't either
3: no I thought we this don't was know a, this was a any, just won the lottery budget
2: oh yes. well oh
0: I misunderstood when you said zero budget. You meant there's... no there's, there's oh, A billion dollar budget. Yeah, you meant there's meant. no budget. No budget. Not that the budget is zero. Right. Got
3: right. it. No budget. Sorry. All right. Well, I think we've solved that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I, solved that
1: one. <laughs> I did. I don't, I I don't, don't think we did. One, I think one one a new bath mat and have, I Literally, and...
2: Heather, I have to be honest with you. I, I thought about this a long time. I did not have any good solutions, interim solutions for storage on top of your tub. Although yes. I think that that's... It's nice that, you're, um, that your husband did, like, build this, like, cool little surface. I can't figure out a way to make that look um, not makeshift when exactly. you want to put storage on there. So you could, like, in, my, in theory, you could, like, curtain it off. And, but you can't because it's also egress to a door, yeah. a back door mm-hmm. to an outside.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's going to make it feel smaller. Right. Like it already mm. feels really broken up and small even though it's actually a big right. space yeah because she has it's a big
2: space she could put in a ton of storage in do you there. need have, this door to the backyard i'm telling you if you got this bathroom she you do not doors, need that door to yeah. the backyard get rid of that door make yeah. that whole thing a closet also did y'all see that there it are it actually
0: two doors there's, there's a thing, door in the toilet room and a door in to home. the
2: outside what is it a fire <laughs> oh, my That's
0: hazard weird. i'm confused
2: but she has two i, I, okay, I had one
0: last ditch suggestion effort
2: for heather and right. i
0: feel like this is a my is go-to what, i think our
2: hardest dilemma ever yes i think it is okay okay you win, say
0: heather. you know that your butt that in order to do this properly it's mm-hmm. gonna be like a while yeah and you just can't live with it anymore mm-hmm. find a cute wallpaper that you love once yeah. you've turned everything white mm-hmm. and i feel like that could maybe something help. bold yes Something that just you're to crank like, it up. I love this wallpaper so much that I'm not looking at my spa tub. But that
2: is. I'd, I'd cover my that last thing in plants. I would cover that spa tub up and just like pretty plants <laughs> that feel green and give it life and ignore it until you can jackhammer that out.
0: Yeah. Just. I, I hate. I can't figure this out the answer. But on just there. we're not. Wait until you another. can really do it right. Mm. Sometimes when I see these like grand Pinterest bathrooms, I'm like, what on earth? Like, why do why do some people have so many like
1: cabinets in there? Right, I'm like, but I she couldn't could even also dream get up this many. Bath, a storage like, mirror. Products. She could a medicine she cabinet could. mirror. And mm-hmm. where her towels are, right on this her towel bar in the entrance to her bathroom, she could do a really shallow cabinet, like something Wait, that would where are at her least towels? on this oh. little wall mm-hmm. as you enter. Yeah, yeah. She could, she do could a easily do cabinet. a something very shallow that at least she could store because mm-hmm. the towel is just hanging there. You know, she could do some hooks above the tub. That she's not in use.
0: Yeah, do some major purging. Okay, so on to Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Will you read us Elizabeth's
1: dilemma? I'd love to. Do it. Hi, love your podcast. We just moved into a new house, and our dining room has wonderful high wainscoting, but I have no idea how to add art on the walls in here. Our house has craftsman molding throughout, and I've read that the top of the wainscoting in traditional craftsman cottages was used as a plate rail. That said, I've considered leaning some of my larger white ironstone platters along the ledge, but I have no idea how to secure them to the wall. I've also been thinking about that may be too monochromatic, and pattern plates feel a bit too granny for me. I've seen other people add framed art above the rail, and it just seemed too out of place because it's far above the average person's line of sight. I also can't do a mirror because the dining room is beside the entry where we have a large mirror already. Please help. Thanks, Elizabeth.
3: Thank you. I'd like to start, if you yes. don't mind. Yes, Shane,
1: jump right in Mr. there. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh my Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> my answer my answer will be three-part.
2: <laughs> part
4: one. Part
3: one. How do you get the platters to stay on the ledge? Everybody knows this. Ooh. Chewing gum.
4: Oh, okay, but, I, duh. But,
3: but I wouldn't do the platters. All right. Okay. Are we on to part two? Part two. How... What art do you put on the wall and why? I would do a lovely series of engravings, which are not going to project out very far. Do a really small frame, and and as far as line of sight goes, you're sitting down eating dinner. It's uh, it's going to be hard to really see anything. Right, uh, everything's sight. You're not going to want something to say, yeah. that's at uh, 45 inches mm-hmm. uh, or 40 inches when you're going to look at it as you're eating. So not a problem to have it above the wainscoting.
2: I, yeah, I agree. Oh, uh, but you still have one more part. Sorry.
3: And, then, and then, yes, third and mm-hmm. lastly, mm-hmm. Uh, I would do a round table as quickly as you could, Ooh. if you can, because there are so many rectangles and squares in this room mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that it would really, really change the whole complexion of this room. And I think you would love it
2: so yeah you're right she does have four think, rectangle windows mm-hmm. that on that fill up two of the walls mm-hmm. and then the wainscoting that she's talking about is higher than you might guess so how far would you say that up, is up four feet off the ground probably would, five feet
0: uh, yeah between four and five maybe. it's yeah mm-hmm. so it's the wainscoting really tall, is taller
2: than the wall above it so it's you know probably two-thirds of the wall.
3: But even if you in did, like, I, law I law said, law. if you did the engravings, you don't have to center those. I mean, you can you mm-hmm. can put those on the lower section, and it's not. I think it would look fine.
1: Mm-hmm. You want petite art, though, right? Like you want I would like do a small, series. I would you do don't small want engravings. anything that would go and to, to touch the ceiling of sorts.
2: What's an engraving?
3: An engraving is like a lithograph. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um. You, you find them uh, like, for instance, if you have a book um, mm-hmm. that has pictures in it, you know, printed pictures. Those are engravings. A lot of times, those are taken out and framed. Um, So, like
0: botanical kind of. You could do that.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're everything: objects, uh, monuments. Uh, I have some in my house that are um, Egyptian, um, that were done in the 1830s. That you know that show the pyramids and the different, um, and then some Roman stuff. Cool. So
2: do you think in a, a dining room, because it feels to me like she's trying to do a sort of a, a dressy vibe. It's not super formal, but it's not very casual. Um, do you think that a, there should be a series that goes around the room that matches? So there's three on the long wall and then one in each of the other spaces? Or should she be mixing it up? I mean, my tendency would be to get a series of five and lay them around the room. I would do but. a
3: series, too. I would do a series. And, yeah, space it out. And again, round table. Did I mention round table? Did you mention that? I think
2: like, you might mm-hmm. have. That was a good
1: suggestion.
3: It is actually a nice suggestion because you're right. Asked, it
2: does but... feel boxy. I mean, it's a
3: beautiful room, though. I mean, it is. the molding is and I mean, With the, the round work. table, but like when she she lovely. It. With the round table, no one will want to leave. Yeah. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever. You won't be able to get rid of your dinner guest.
0: I have an idea that oh. was an. an, an, an not a suggestion she asked for. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like the round table.
3: Unsolicited Unstop Unstop advice. they unsolicited advice. Unsolicited like, 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 often get this. That's not what we ask. Get well, rid the, of your ceiling okay. fan. And
2: they're like, oh, okay. This so, well, it sort <laughs> of answers
0: her question, but sort of not. Okay, this is what I think. I think that she needs some pattern drapery. So some of the walls, like, are mostly wind Like,
2: okay. I don't think Two. she likes pattern.
0: Well, I think she needs it. I don't. Well, some people, what you, if she doesn't like pattern. You Look can't. Force, I don't like pattern. Well, okay. Pattern she, on they write in because they want our opinions, and I'm giving my opinion. Oh, opinions, that's true, so Caroline. Shush. Good
2: point. Okay. I like so, it.
0: So, if this were me, I would just, I, I feel like um, you mentioned need, her needing more roundness, and I feel like, I also feel like it needs softness. It does need softness. Like, she has these two pretty upholstery uh, or covered, person's chairs, which are nice, but I just with the wood and then the um, plantation shutters, like, I think just some drapery would help um soften it up and it actually would take up some of your wall space true um true so you know and maybe it's not a busy pattern maybe it's like a stripe maybe it's we um a
3: i don't disagree with like a tone on tone
0: stripe well a
1: stripe is a great pattern for someone that doesn't like patterns i think a sideboard on this wall with some great lamps and then you have those art that are kind of and Mm -hmm. even if you did something where it was even Laying against on that red That actually would be great if she layered. did a
0: sideboard on this wall, but she leaned the art, did a big piece. Right, so then the wainscoting doesn't matter. So then she doesn't have to w- bother
2: with the wainscoting. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't be a worry.
3: Yeah, it, it definitely the sideboard's a good idea. Or a console, something obviously yeah. very shallow when you put that round table. Yes, on.
2: that's right. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, she might be concerned the, with the drapery that it's going to cover these beautiful windows and make the room feel dark. And I would encourage her when she hangs them to hang them just at the edge of the frame so they're not covering her window. Well, mm-hmm. if you
3: did the draperies, wouldn't you get rid of the shutters?
0: She could. Uh, I mean, depends. unless she People likes it. People love
2: that privacy thing. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be looked at. Plus, those are expensive. I don't and care. I'm thinking I don't.
0: just like the drapery there for decorative purposes only.
3: Do you have any suggestions for drapery panels?
2: Yeah, you said she wants pattern. What do you think she should have? Yes.
0: Okay, well, I can put some links in our show notes, and you can see which ones I'm talking about, but um, I really like our Inman textured sheer panel. Inman? Inman, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That one's not striped. That one has this really cool um, geometric pattern, and it's sort of a tone-on-tone, and I think it would look really great. Subtle? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's still got a little something. And then um, our Tatum striped panel, which is sheer.
3: Did you say striped?
4: I
0: did. You love a stripe. I love a stripe. You
2: do. Or our natural linen.
0: Karen wants you to be boring. I do.
2: I want you to be (laughs) just Uh, like me. probably
3: a solid, right?
2: Yes, a solid linen.
3: (laughs) With all the other solid colors. I think it'd be pretty
2: with her gray um, wall.
3: I mean... And her round table.
2: And her round table.
0: If, if If a pattern really scares you, then go solid. But I feel like a pattern would really
2: bring a lot here.
3: Caroline, I agree with you. I think the stripe would be fantastic here.
2: Wow, Shane, way to yes. brown-nose the moderator. God, you can come back anytime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as long as you agree with me. <laughs> Great,
3: Shane. So how can our our listeners find you? You can find me at Roebuck and Company, and our website is roebuck.co. That's it. Not com, just co. How does that work? Because com was that's... gone. Somebody got it. And CO is new. Company,
0: it's cool. It's I like your it. your company. Yeah. Like Robuck yeah.
3: and company. Roebuck.co.
0: Sounds British. Everything
3: we have is online with prices, which, of course, you can negotiate. <laughs> <Of
0: course. laughs> now we know your
2: secret. And cute yep. pictures of your daughter. She's adorable.
3: Well, thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you have an Instagram? Did you say that?
3: Uh, we do have Instagram. Yes, we do. I think it's uh, Roebuck and CO. Roebuck and Co.
2: And when you're on your journeys through Europe, are you posting on there?
3: Um. Yeah. I. I do. Actually, I don't have access to our uh, company Instagram. Smart. Kristen and Doug do. Um, but they do. Yeah. They. They post things quite often. And then sometimes I'll send a picture if they're not there, and then they'll post it. So. Nice.
2: Cool.
4: It's. It's.
3: Uh. It's current.
2: Excellent. <laughs> please awesome.
3: Please follow. We. Uh. We put a lot of good things on there.
2: We will. The three of us
3: will do it right now. Great. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yeah. All, All right, right, that's our show.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: You were fun. Thanks for <laughs> having yes, me. Yes,
3: thank, thank you, you so
2: much. All
0: right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app, or you can check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find at howtodecorate.com slash podcast, and send us your questions at podcast at and we'll answer them on a future episode. <laughs> we will episode. try. <laughs> <laughs> Not too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. We'll help. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Happy Happy decorating.